0: I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. My name is Rose Skeeters, and I am happy to announce that this is the first episode of Season 2. That's right, folks. It's been a whole year since I started this podcast. I am blown away by the level of support that I have received. Thank you to each and every one of you. I want to take some time to reintroduce myself to new listeners, to explain what I've learned this past year, to offer hope, and to answer a listener's question. So to all new listeners out there, like I said, my name is Rose Skeeters, and I am a licensed therapist, mindset coach, and nutrition coach. I co-own Thrive Mind Body LLC, an online mindset coaching and counseling practice aimed at providing hope and help for individuals and families struggling with depression, anxiety, CPTSD, parenting issues, relationship struggles, BPD, and just about anything else. My husband and best friend Jay Skeeters is also a certified mindset coach and personal trainer. He's the CEO of Thrive, and we love helping people. About a year ago, I decided that I would share my story using Anchor and this podcast to get the message out there that you absolutely can recover from borderline personality disorder. This isn't just my opinion, folks. This is in line with recent research. Again, this is not just my opinion. This is something that researchers have found in recent years, that BPD is not some chronic personality disorder that you have to live with forever. There is hope. And I have been gifted with this ability to understand the neurotypical worldview as well as the BPD brain, and I want to share this with all of you. I worked hard to get to where I am. And I've learned that growth is something that has no end as long as I am alive on this earth. I will continue to strive to grow and become a better version of myself day in and day out. So what is recovery? Well, lately I've had this privilege of running several mindset coaching virtual groups for people with BPD over the last few months, and it has just been so game-changing to watch these beautiful individuals grow and change over time. Last week, some group members were remarking on how they see me as this sort of perfect person, and that when they recover, they will be like me in this way, to which I laughed a bit as I know that I am in no way perfect though I appreciated that incredibly sweet sentiment. Going into season two, I want to reiterate what I believe being recovered means. I believe that recovery from borderline personality disorder is recovery from the dysfunction that comes with the disorder. I think of the terms traits and state when I think of BPD. Perhaps researchers may disagree with this point of view, though this is how my brain understands it. A trait is something that is stable and unchanging over time, a personality trait. A state is temporary. I believe that I will always have a hyperbolic trait. It's who I am, an intense, quirky, fun-loving, silly individual who still occasionally misses subtle social cues. I will always be this way, and I am more than okay with that. Before I began my recovery journey, I was in a state of disorder and dysfunction. It was a state. I was intense and quirky in a way that hurt my life and the lives of those around me. I was selfish and tyrannical, attempting to control the world around me, including the people and animals in it. I had a warped sense of love, and I had character traits character states that were developed out of the trauma i perceived to have experienced as a young child i hit a rock bottom after a breakup with my now husband jay it was during that rock bottom where i decided to find out whether or not that dysfunction would always be a part of me or not i came to learn that it was temporary it was a state I built a moral compass and worked hard to generalize these new skills and ways of being to different areas of my life. I became an honest, loyal, hardworking, disciplined, and caring individual. I took my hyperbolic trait and I charged through recovery, never giving up, never giving in, never backing down. I built a business where I could help others. I made my life fit my intensity. It took time. It took bravery. It took perseverance and endurance, but I did it. I overcame that state of dysfunction. That's recovery. It's not perfect, but it sure isn't dysfunctional, and it definitely isn't disordered. Over the last year, I've learned a lot more about myself and the world around me. I've learned that I still have areas in which I need to grow. I've learned that I still seek subtle levels of control in my life and I am working on letting go of that. So in this next season, you will get a glimpse of this change and you will actually see it occur as Jay and I will be collaborating on some really cool projects over the next year, which is going to mean my letting go because I really took control of that business. So I want his ideas and his input and his part of the business to become Something that we're doing together, which is going to take a lot of concession for me in different areas. We're going to do it. And you'll be there right along with me as I continue to level up in life. I will also just share this with you as the weeks pass. In addition to our regularly scheduled programming, I've learned also this past year that I have a deep love for individuals who struggle with this disorder No matter how much they try to hurt me, try to destroy my business, try to slander my name because I know that they need help and I won't stop trying to help them. I was at that space before as well and I just want everyone out there to know that I won't stop trying to help you no matter how hard it gets for us both. There is a way out. I've also learned that parents with borderline personality disorder need a lot of help parenting their children because they're not only having to reparent themselves, but then they have little kids that they have to parent as well. So I'm working on creating a program or a group so that people with borderline personality disorder can mirror their recovery with their parenting to work because they do go hand in hand. They need to work together, and we really want to create a new generation of kids who don't have to suffer the way we suffer. So that's really huge in terms of learning. What else have I learned? Hmm. I've learned that recovery takes longer for some people than others, and that's totally fine. I used to say it takes about 8 to 12 sessions to really get on your way. And I still believe that. However, that really depends on whether or not you are defiant or you have trauma or other factors in play, what your lifestyle is like. So sometimes recovery will take a short amount of time, like some of the recovery stories you've heard about. And sometimes it'll take a longer amount of time. And there will absolutely always come a time and a place in your journey where you have to level up again. So that's important to know. I've also learned that I love helping couples and neurotypical people understand the BPD brain so that couples can come together and stop fighting each other and start learning how to overcome some of the things that they have built resentment on. So those are just some things I've learned. And I think the biggest one is that growth really is its ongoing every day every moment of every day, every year, we have to continue to grow and change to become the best versions of ourselves. I believe that's a huge part of recovery. And I believe that's just a huge part of growing up, of living. If you're not seeking growth, and you're not seeking to become better, then life becomes mundane and stuck and stagnant. And there's a tendency for people to slide back down The hill that they climbed in recovery when they're not continuously seeking growth. So to sum things up, I really hope that you guys stay on this journey with me and I hope that you recognize that recovery is unique to you. It looks different for everyone and that you can do it. You can absolutely look at the person that you want to become, the person you are now and begin the task of trying to get there. It's scary. But all things that are difficult are scary. And if we stay frozen by fear, it just won't get any better, guys. So just know that any steps you're taking towards progress will work. There's just no way that you can work on recovery and not get better. That doesn't make any logical sense. Anytime you're practicing a fundamental or a basic foundational skill and you do it over and over and over again, things get better. So just know that if you work hard and you try hard and you persevere, you don't give up and you're scared, but you laugh in the face of fear, just like that lion on the Lion King, you can do it. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to answer a listener question. And then next week, we're going to jump into talking about how to let go of resentment in relationships. All right, everybody, welcome to season two. Are you currently struggling to stay afloat? Are you looking for more one-on-one support and guidance on your recovery journey? Check out ThriveOnlineCounseling.com. We offer mindset coaching that will propel your recovery journey forward. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Have phone, video, or text sessions wherever you are. The best part? You can schedule right from our website. Choose the day and time that works best for you. Life can be better. We can help. Make an investment in yourself. You are worth it.
1: I was wondering if you have any tips on dealing with the emotional intensity of BPD and feeling quote-unquote too much. I'm talking to my ex again and I honestly could not be happy about it because I love talking to him. I love spending time with him. And frankly, I love him. Um, If I can't be with him, I don't want to be with anyone at all. But he is understandably very sceptical. Because the last time we were together, I was being very tyrannical and I didn't see it at that time. But I'm working really hard now, every day, on not being like that. But since he's sceptical, I do want to respect that. And I do want to take it slow and lean back and kind of let him decide what happens, but my emotional intensity does not agree. I want to be with him all the time, I want to tell him I love him, I want to make plans with him, but I don't want to scare him away. So how can I silence that emotional intensity?
0: Thank you so much for sending in your question, Catherine. And before I answer this question, I just want to say that I did get your second question, which was around resentment and rebuilding trust in a relationship. I've actually had several listeners reach out to ask me to do a podcast on this. So next week... Jay and I are going to be talking about resentment in relationships and how to rebuild after having that kind of pattern of intensity for so long. So if you can hold tight on that one and listen in next week, we'll devote that whole the whole time to it. Now, your question is just so brilliant. I know that there are a lot of people out there struggling with the same issue, especially when you get right back into relationship with someone, right? you're back in the relationship and it's like, okay, here we go, I have another chance. And what do I do with that chance? Because like you said, there's a part of you that's thinking, gosh, I am so happy, you know, I want to be with him, I want to give him what he needs, I want to be respectful, you know, I want to be quote-unquote normal so I don't lose this guy again. And then there's this other part of you that's like, well... You know, I want to be with him all the time. I'm just going to attach a string to him. You always ever see those like, backpacks sometimes I'll see them at amusement parks here in the U.S. they put like there's like a backpack and it has like a leash to the the parent (laughs) it's like wow if only I can just have this person attached to me all the time on this leash I can pull them around wherever I want to go and I'm laughing right I know it's not funny to you because you're really struggling with that however I want to make light of the fact that that's like what our hyperbolic um our hyperbolic trait is trying to tell us that we We really need to be with this person all the time and control their every move and plan three years from now so we can ensure that they'll be with us, right? Okay. So there are a lot of steps and information and things that I don't know about your life. And so what I'm going to do is give you a more general response. And you can always feel free to reach out to Jay or I for mindset coaching. Everyone coming to see us through the podcast, we're offering mindset coaching as opposed to counseling or therapy in that traditional sense, as long as individuals qualify for that. And we can talk more about that if you want to head over to the website and schedule a consult. We do offer free 15-minute consults. Um, So there's that for a more individualized personal plan. However, I will say, generally speaking, a good first step for you is to create for yourself a daily schedule. And in that schedule, you can have schedule every hour on the hour. For example, like tomorrow's Friday, right? So on Friday, I'm going to wake up at 9 a.m. From 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., I'm going to have coffee, allow myself space to relax, from nine thirty AM to ten AM I'm gonna fix my bed. I'm going to brush my teeth, take a shower. From ten AM to twelve PM, I'm going to walk the dog, do housework, you know, work on some of my moral compass work, work on some listen to podcast episodes and, you know, work on recovery. From twelve to one I'm going to work out. From one to two I'm going to eat, you know, cook and eat a nutritious, healthy meal. From two to three, I'm going to do an arts and crafts project. From three to four, I'm going to work on schoolwork and study. From four to five, I can check my phone. So you get the idea, right? Like I could go on and on. But what I want you to do is provide your day with structure so that when you feel yourself wanting to sit around and just think about how much you want to be with him, that you can look at your schedule and and kind of distract yourself by Doing the things on your schedule so that you don't stay stuck in that intensity. That's one strategy. The second thing that I would like you to remember or to like you to have in the back of your mind is this memory of why you guys broke up to begin with. So I talked about this little a little bit in a previous episode, but it's important because our emotions go from zero to 60 for you to recall what it is that created the issues between you to begin with so that you can avoid engaging in those same behaviors. So a third thing that you can do is you can put on your dating hat. I have someone, a few people that I'm working with right now that are in the same situation that you're in and I reminded them that like if you were just trying to win this guy, if you were just trying to date him, right, or this your partner, you'd put on your dating hat and you wouldn't be as likely to show that person just how intense and smothering you can be. So think, if I were had just met this individual, would I act this way? Usually the answer is no. So that's You know, just another thing that you can do. So a schedule, remembering the behaviors that got you in trouble so you can avoid them. Um, And the third thing that you can do is put on your dating hat. I also encourage you to go back and listen to previous episodes so you can start rebuilding your character. List out all of those negative character states that you have, all those values that you've come to experience you know, as part of yourself, and then find a role model and write down all of the character traits of the person that you want to become. And then start to make all of your decisions align with that. And remember that good relationships require two individuals with good boundaries to come together to share their lives together. Good relationship isn't one individual who's living life, and then another one being enmeshed in that person's life and living like their puppy dog. So it sounds harsh, but I don't want it to, you know, be something that turns into really a shame spiral. It's just a realization. It's like he wants you to be able to share the life that you're living with him when he's not with you. And if you don't have a schedule filled with activities that are meaningful for you and a life and you're reading and learning things that you can bring to the table, then there's not a lot of depth there so it just leaves room for you to be kind of obsessive so hopefully that starts you on the path of thinking about how you can live your life separate with him separate from him so that you can share that life with him there are so many more ins and outs of it, so I just really hope that you keep listening to the podcast and I encourage you reach out if you want to schedule a session. We would love to have you. Thank you so much for your question and tune in next week where we talk about resentment. Okay. Thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday.